Welcome to the Today is a Day podcast, where we take a deep dive into popular health topics and empower you to make informed, evidence-based decisions. We offer practical tools and strategies so you can easily integrate what you learn into your everyday habits. As it's our first episode back after a break, we thought we'd get things warmed up by welcoming you into our personal lives and practices to share our ridiculously simple approach to making our healthy lifestyle effortless. We'll be covering some of the big decisions that have eliminated hundreds of smaller decisions, our non-negotiable commitments to health, the pre-decision strategy, the 20-year rule that helps you decipher tried and true health practices from a passing trend or a fad, and how we've stripped down and simplified our lifestyle to maintain health ongoing. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for season two of the Today is a Day podcast. We are thrilled to be back behind the mic. Since we last left off, we received countless emails and reviews sharing how our podcast has inspired your health transformations. We continue to cheer you on. If you've been positively affected by something you've learned, please head over to your favorite podcast app and leave a review for our show. I'm Megan Telpner, a nutritionist, two-time best-selling author, and founder of the Academy of Culinary Nutrition. Joining me as always is my main man, Josh Catalis. Hi, everyone. Happy to be back. I'm a clinical nutritionist and functional medicine practitioner with a clinic in downtown Toronto. I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Certification Program and an instructor with the Academy of Culinary Nutrition. Since Josh and I first met in nutrition school back in 2007, we've both come a long, long way on our health journeys. We've tried virtually every diet, trend, and health fad that has come and gone since we got into this field. We needed to. It was part of our learning process, and it's those experiences that have landed us where we are today, effortlessly living a health-supportive lifestyle. It can be really easy to get caught up in the hype and the trends, especially when you're first getting started. Everything comes with so many big promises of better health. It can be hard to know what's worth trying and what really is all hype. The key when it comes to health is to really commit to the things that make the most impact. And much of this comes down to making a few big decisions up front. This is really interesting because since we've known each other for so long. How long is that, Megan? A long, long time. Many, 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 many moons. But who, between the two of us, who's the first to want to jump on every health trend? You. You, me, a hundred percent. And I get, I'm like, I'm an, in, I was back in the day, an infomercial junkie. Like I wanted to be sold on everything. Like I'm just open, ready to receive and kind of want to believe it all. Although over the last 12, 13 years in this field, I don't want to say I've become a little more jaded, but I've definitely become wiser and more discerning when it comes to, to making these decisions and knowing what to do. But I think we should back up a little bit and really start with what the root of this all is. If you really want to make this effortless, there's one simple thing you have to do. What is that, Josh? You have to make the commitment to healthy living. You have to want it. We have to want it. And in wanting it, that itself is something that you will not compromise. Exactly. Part of wanting to want it is having that commitment, not just to your own health and well-being, but that of your family, of your friends, of the people you come in contact with. And so hand in hand with a commitment to health is a commitment to happiness and perhaps even to simplify your life so you can get at the root and understand what 
makes you feel truly happy when you wake up in the morning. Right. I think both of us have the same idea that we really want to feel good every single day. We want to feel our best so we can accomplish the things that we want to accomplish and do the things we want to do and partake in projects that we're passionate about on a regular basis. And you can't do that if your health isn't there. You, your life is sacrificed. Your quality of life is dramatically impaired when you don't wake up feeling vibrant, have energy through the day, know how to wind down, sleep through the night, basically all the things we covered in season one of the Today's Day podcast. That's that core foundation. But before you get started with anything, you have to commit to it. And Josh and I made that commitment over a decade ago. And we recognize the good fortune we have to have found each other, to be married, and to share this philosophy so that it's really infused in everything we do and every decision we make, every meal we make, how we raise our child, how we balance our work with our personal and, and downtime, our personal life and our downtime. And we've really decided and we look around at the world and we, well, we, we call it going out in the world when we leave our offices and our home and we see what's going on out there. You can see ill health in people's skin, in their eyes, in their demeanor, in their posture. And for us, it's a driving force to keep doing the work we're doing, but also a reminder that neither of us want to be a victim of degenerative disease, which is the leading diseases. The leading diseases of our population are those that are highly preventable through diet and lifestyle. I look at the life of my late grandfather. Yes. He lived to 99 and a half. Yes. And if you look at his childhood and and where he grew up and how he grew up and what was happening when he grew up, is if you weren't educated on health back then, a hundred years ago, the default was still a somewhat healthy lifestyle and and environment. Like all food was organic when he was growing up. Like there wasn't even this thing called organic. But today, the default is very unhealthy, right? So if someone isn't educated and actually taking the time to learn this stuff and listening to this amazing podcast that we're creating, they're going to succumb to just an unhealthy environment. There's bad restaurants, there's food that's, you know, has toxic chemicals in it. There's chemicals all around us that we put on our skin and clean our homes with and lots of things that we've talked about in previous episodes. So the default is dangerous today. It is. And we often say how, I mean, I'm basically just going to repeat what you just said, but this idea that it is definitely harder to be healthy. It requires active surveillance of nearly everything you buy for your home, that you put in your mouth, the conversations you have, the air you're breathing, quite honestly. And it can become overwhelming. And I think what we're seeing now, having done this for so long, is that people are becoming overwhelmed. And I think as a result, we're seeing sort of this weird, confusing backlash of like obscene, over-the-top desserts and cocktails and drinking and this indulgence that is just quite literally breaks my heart to yeah, see I think, people doing this. I think everything goes in cycles, but the the to really whittle it down to the key element here is that everything we do, think, drink, eat, are exposed to is either building our health or breaking it down. Right. And that's one of the big questions. Yeah. Like you and I, we love hiking, right? We have a beautiful uh, park near our home. 
And we go down the same trail, maybe a few times a week even, and nothing is ever the same in that trail. Right. Everything that's living on that trail is either growing or dying. Right. And humans are the same way, but we get this false sense of security. You know, when we go to the doctor and get the checkup and they say everything's good, keep on doing what you're doing, that we're stagnant. We're stagnant yes. in good health or or wherever we're at, but everything either moves us towards or away from health. So that's one of the questions that really help to simplify decisions around health. Will this build my health or will this build disease? And virtually everything fits on either side of that column. If you put a line down your page and you make a list, I'd say that there's a few sort of gray area things like a glass of wine in the spirit of celebration is good for the health. A bottle of wine crying alongside a frozen cake in the middle of the night, not going to serve your health. So, you know, and don't think that you need to have a spirit of celebration every single day of the week. But it's that idea that there are things that very clearly are beneficial and clearly are not. And we know those answers. You don't need a nutritionist or a functional medicine practitioner or a culinary nutrition expert to tell you most of those things. Those ones are obvious. Now, I'll give one more analogy on how you can think about it as, as a listener here. I use this analogy a lot with my clients where we have health dollars in our health account. So, I love your health dollars in the health account analogy. Yeah. So when you're at zero, just below that, and you're in the red, that's when symptoms start to show up. So we want to be well in the black. We want to be high up. We want to have lots of health dollars in our health account. This is called resilience. We want $100, $1,000, $100,000, right? A million dollars. A million dollars. So when you do have that glass of wine that you just spoke about, you are spending some of the dollars in some respect, but you have those dollars to spend, right? And also context plays a big role too, which we'll get into. So that's how you can sort of think about it. Am I spending these dollars or am I making money here? And again, nothing is neutral. No transaction is non-transactional. So one of the ways in which we have simplified and made our commitment to health effortless is by making a few big decisions and then being committed and sticking to them. And I make these decisions as non-negotiables. And I think, Josh, you think that I got the term non-negotiable from my meditation teacher, which might be true. I don't remember. But it's the idea that once you make a decision to do something, it's no longer something that you can negotiate with yourself about or with anyone else. And when you make these decisions and then you stick with them, then you don't have to think about it anymore. It's part of your commitment to health. And so some of the big decisions you and I have made for our personal health and that of our son, because we still get to control what he eats, is we are gluten-free. And if you want to know why, we have an episode about that in season one of the podcast. We are dairy-free and we have an episode coming up about dairy. We eat, I wouldn't say exclusively organic because we do also take into account the footprint of our diet, which we cover in True Superfoods in the first season of the podcast. But this idea that we really want to ensure that what we are eating is grown with minimal chemicals, minimal negative impact on the planet, and minimal negative impact on the people who grew it or were involved in the processing. One of our newer big decisions we've made that has positively impacted both our health and our bank account is that we are avoiding buying things in plastic that we can easily make from scratch. 
Tell them what happened recently with buying crackers, with, we were, with our, your cracker situation. Right. So we were, and this was recently after I had filmed my new everyday culinary nutrition course, but we were at the grocery store and our son Finley loves crackers. And we were looking at all, I was looking at all the different cracker options. There were some great options there, but when I looked at it, they all had processed oils in them or not the best flours. They weren't organic or they came in, well, they all came in boxes that were lined with plastic. And I just, I couldn't do it. They were like $6.99 a bag or like they were expensive and they were garb, they had a garbage factor involved. And so I just came home and made crackers. It took 10 minutes. So we had made that big decision previously. It's been in our consciousness quite a bit lately, right? Yes. And we were faced with that situation in the grocery store and changed the way we, you know. It was just a big decision we made just then that like if we can make something from scratch and avoid buying it in plastic, we're good. So the gluten-free, dairy-free, organic, avoiding plastic and exercising. So those are big commitments. And the exercise thing isn't about big trips to the gym and a whole production. It said, how do we get movement into our life every single day? And because we have that commitment and it's non-negotiable, we make it happen. And obviously with a small child or multiple children, it gets a lot harder to schedule it in. But if that means that your quality time is spent wandering through the neighborhood, um, that's what you'll do. And at least that's getting a walk-in or something. Yeah. I remember in the earlier days, it was a lot more difficult. Like now we're in more of a routine with yes. uh, Finley being about two and a half now at the time of this recording. But in the earlier days, my workout routine changed up massively. So I was do I was using Finley as a weight at times. I was stretching with him when he was just like lying on the floor trying to roll over. I was stretching on the floor. We were walking a ton, you know. So that thing can can evolve too, but again, it was all predicated on the fact that we had that decision that we were going to exercise no matter what. Yeah, and because we pay attention and we're very conscious in our decisions and the food we eat and what we choose to bring into our home, it's really sweet that our son now asks but pretty much everything, where did that come from? And in most cases, we can actually answer him with, you know, a reasonable answer. Mm-hmm. That's kind of nice too. So Josh, you have this thing that I find really inspiring that you're really, really good at, and it's the pre-decision. So outside of these big decisions that we adhere to, and for you guys listening, make your big decisions and then stick to them. They can be the same as ours. We highly recommend it. And we cover these topics in our episodes and in our work. But make the big decisions that you know for yourself today are non-negotiable. I actually have, before we get into your pre-decision thing, you, you stole something from me, aside from my heart. You stole something that I say at the beginning of nearly every presentation, and now I'm spoiling alerting if you ever hear me speak in public. But what I ask the audience to do is to raise their hand if they know of one thing they can start doing today or tomorrow that will improve their health. And invariably, the entire audience will raise their hand. So you guys listening, raise your hand. What is one thing you can start doing today to improve your health? That is going to be one of your big decisions. And if you can come up with three or four or five more, those are your big decisions that will move you towards your place of optimal health. And once you make those decisions, you have to stick to them. You have to. So write them down, put them on your fridge, do something 
to ensure your accountability to yourself and to you five years from now and 10 years from now and 20 years from now, because this is all part of that investment into your health bank account. So there's something that I love called pre-decisions. It's, I, I guess, just another way of framing it. And this is doing things in advance to set yourself up for success in the future. And, and kind of the way we made our big decisions, that's what it does essentially. But even the little things we have to think about. So when I know I'm going to go to the gym the next morning, what do I do? I take out my shorts. I take out my clothes. I take out, I get my shoes ready and I get my water bottle and my, my uh, phone is at the front ready with the podcast that I'm going to listen to or the music I'm going to put on the headphones and my gym card. I mean, that's, I, I just have that programmed in my brain and it's sitting there waiting for me when I go to bed at night, I put it out and I know it's there in the morning. And there isn't even a question when I wake up in the morning, I get right up and I go. And that helps me. It's actually one of the very, very, very few things that I remember from my four years in university. <laughs> I did a course, sports psychology, and they were just talking about different strategies to be more committed to your exercise and to become a lifestyle exerciser. And one of them was laying your shoes out in the morning or in the evening. And another was finding people to do activities with that you like. I mean, these are pretty obvious. One of the very first things you and I were out snowshoeing, I think maybe in the first year we were dating and you said to me, you're a really good activity partner. It's true. It was a sign. It's still true. Also for the record, uh, from Josh's four years university, basically the only thing I've ever heard him talk about is, is the one course he took on human sexuality. That is the <laughs> most the reference. podcast for another day. Maybe. So many good tidbits there. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but another pre-decision we both make, and again, you are definitely the better at committing to this one, but the time to be in bed. So I could have a tendency to just want to keep going and going. And we talk about this in the sleep podcast, my mantra of my day has been full enough. And that's sort of my signal to myself to shut it down. But part of the predecision to get into bed at a certain time is knowing we want to get up at a certain time to exercise and live another full, well, happy, healthy, positive day. And so all these things are often the stuff we know we should be doing and then allow ourselves to self-negotiate out of actually executing them. Another area which you're a genius in and you do this very well, and you've taught courses on it, is meal planning. That's meal a pre-decision. So that goes all the way back, even maybe before you go to the grocery store, you have to figure out what you want to eat for the week. Then you go get the groceries, then you do food prep. Yeah. And then you're all set up for success throughout the week. Yeah. And we, we do food prep now. We did it a lot more before we had Finn because we just had bigger windows of time on the weekends. We still do it. We still plan out our meals. And I always remember when we like, I had the feeling when we're going to do it and it feels a little bit like a chore, but then you just, you get in the swing of it and it's like a gift to your future self. It's a gift to you on Tuesday night when you can come home and have dinner ready in 10 to 15 minutes with minimum cleanup. Let's take a quick pause in today's conversation so I can introduce you to Renee Mackey Burson. Renee is a 2018 graduate of the Culinary Nutrition Expert Program and has recently launched Soul Purpose Bars, a visionary food company making whole, healthy, and delicious snack bars. I'll let Renee share more about what she has created since graduating from the Academy of Culinary Nutrition. My name is Renee and I graduated from the Culinary Nutrition Program in 2018. I had 
no idea when I was taking that course that a little over a year and a half later, I would launch my own business called Soul Purpose Bars, that I would have the confidence to brand myself and brand a product that offers benefits beyond nutrition. This course gave me such confidence in myself that I developed a complete line of nutritional bars that are for sale in stores in cities around me. I still pinch myself that this has happened to me. And there's no way that I could have accomplished this or had the confidence to put myself out there with the knowledge that I gained from this program and create this amazing business for myself. I'm so grateful for it every day. Renee's bars are available across Woodstock, Guelph, and London, Ontario, and online. Be sure to visit soulpurposebars.ca. We have a direct link in this episode's show notes over at culinarynutrition.com forward slash podcast. Renee graduated from the Culinary Nutrition Expert Program without any prior nutrition training or even a plan for how she was going to apply what she learned. By following what she loved to do, creating in her kitchen, and the demand from people she knew, her business has evolved naturally. If you have a passion for healthy living and cooking and would love more formal training to help build up your confidence to get out in the world and share it, or perhaps create your own amazing food product like Renee, Visit culinarynutrition.com forward slash program to learn more about our 14-week certification. Now, let's get back to today's conversation. So these are all pre-decisions. So a lot of this really doesn't come down to you needing a nutritionist or a health guru. It comes down to you having the discipline to execute on exactly what you know you need to do. And whatever it takes to find that self-motivation, that is up to you. You know, emotions are things that we have to practice sometimes, right? When we're, especially the ones we're not used to. And I think, you know, I'm going to say two words that I think trip people up a lot. It's, this is a key thing that prevents people from actually doing what they really want to do. And the two words are delayed gratification. We all have to work and tone up our delayed gratification muscle. Oh my gosh. I feel like in 2020, Mm -hmm. like in the, in the times we are living in, it's like the, it's the muscle that is the most atrophied Mm -hmm. because of social media and instant, how everything is programmed for us, instant gratification, where you could literally buy something online and have it at your door before you go to sleep the same day. Like, absolutely. And that delayed gratification is the part of health that, as Josh says, is not sexy. So with delayed gratification, we want to change our time frame on things and understand that if you really want to truly build health, it does take a little bit of delaying that gratification, putting in the effort today to see it come around later on. It's just never that dramatic. Like we want, and people love, and I despise those Transformation Tuesday posts and all that stuff that you want to see a dramatic benefit from your efforts right away, or that your aggressive action results in aggressive response. And it just, nature doesn't work that way. The human body doesn't work that way. And so reprogramming or strengthening that patience muscle and that delayed gratification allows you to recognize that every 
effort you're putting in today has value. It may seem, and I want to stress that, it's a perceived challenge today, perhaps, or perceived to be more difficult, but there is nothing more difficult than living a life with degenerating health. And so recognizing that every effort moves us further up that slope, helps us maintain our health, or buys us that insurance that should something go wrong, we have the resilience to recover. It's all part of that process. Now, you've introduced something else to me because, as we mentioned at the top of the show, I'm the one who subscribes to every infomercial, every health show when we were early on in our career is going to these health shows and they're displaying all this stuff, people wearing, you know, copper pyramids on their heads and all these, you know, the weird stuff you see at these shows. And I was ready to buy into everything. I think that's actually part of, you know, our greatest strength is our greatest weakness. I think that's part of how I actually healed from Crohn's was being so open to trying anything. But you introduced a rule that I think is maybe the best lesson of all for people who are trying to differentiate between whether they should try something or, or if it's just a fad. And what's that rule? The 20-year rule? The 20-year rule. Yeah, like, are you going to be doing this or eating this or taking this in 20 years? Right. Basically. And of course, it doesn't apply to everything, but a lot of the time when we're looking at those new health products or certain health trends or this, you know, weird device that we just picked up, are we going to be using it in 20 years? Are people using ab rollers still? Right? Ab rollers. Or that the, was a great device. Or the the thigh master is was it that was that what it was called? There was a those are two separate things. Both we I actually did ha- buy an ab roller. And where is it now? <laughs> the landfill. Right, probably. it didn't make it to the twenty year mark. Are people going to be juicing celery every day in twenty years? They might be juicing. I mean, juicing's been around for a while, but probably not just celery. There's a lot so. of trends that come and go. We've seen, you know, a huge boom in superfoods and all those powdered foods that was like 10 years ago. And we do talk about this in our in our True Superfoods episode, but you don't see it the same way now. People aren't consuming that because it just wasn't sustainable. And when you start thinking about it, it just doesn't make sense. The bottom line is in 20 years, we're still going to have broccoli. We're still going to have <laughs> broccoli. We'll still be sprouting broccoli. Yeah. We'll still be cooking from scratch with whole ingredients in our kitchens, hopefully. We best still be cooking in our own home kitchens. But the idea of the things that have the longevity, the things that were healthy 20 years ago are healthy now, will be healthy 20 years from now. And that can help you really simplify your health practices to the to the essentials so that you're not, you know, you don't have a morning routine that involves 25 steps of meditating for this much time and doing this breathing exercise and looking out the window to the sun rising in the east and and then skin brushing and then lymphatic drainage and then an enema and then should I go on? Well, and on that, I mean, you mentioned meditation. I did a Vipassana retreat a number of years ago, a 10-day silent retreat where you learn this technique of meditation. And their recommendation when you leave the retreat was to continue the practice for two hours a day. Right. Do you know how many days I did that? Two. That was very generous of you, Megan. (laughs) (laughs) I did it for one day. And then I said to myself, if I'm going to practice meditation for the rest of my life, the 20-year rule, I need to find something that's like 20 minutes a day and does the trick. Yeah. And that's what's worked for me since, right? I've learned some other forms of meditation. I practice mindfulness in other ways that are more sustainable. 
So when you're, you know, doing that New Year's spin class or, or new fitness class that you learned about, ask yourself this question. Can I maintain this for the rest of my life for the next 20 years? Or am I okay with just having this as one chapter in my movement book, which is also fine. And then I'm going to move on to something else, right? So it's not the, I either do this or I don't do anything type of thing. No, I think it's great to try things out, decide if they're right for you. But most importantly, to find a way that if it is right for you to make it sustainable. And one of, you know, an, a current example I can think of in, in our life is part of our commitment to less plastic and being more self-reliant, self-sufficient was that I decided I'd learn how to make gluten-free sourdough bread. And I followed a bunch of tutorials. I took a course. I read blogs. I read tons of stuff about it. I followed other people's methods and eventually had to modify the method to work with our lifestyle so that it was reasonable for me to be able to make a loaf of bread every week, which I've been able to maintain. Mm -hmm. The other thing I've been able to maintain is eating that loaf of bread in less than a week in two to three days. Sometimes even less. <laughs> <laughs> and I can tell you in 20 years, I'll still eat your sourdough bread. Aw, shucks. <laughs> so in summary, some of the ways we've simplified our health practices are one, to make decisions only once, to save you on many, many decisions later on. And committing to those, like like the law. And I don't want to... Yeah, there's, there's a saying. If you're interested, you'll do what's convenient. If you're committed, you'll do what it takes. Yes. So guys, this has nothing to do with us or the Today's Day podcast, though we want you to keep listening. But most of these big decisions, you know what you need to do. You just have to make that decision. And then second to that is to be consistent, to keep doing it over and over and over, considering every effort that deposit in the health account. And if you don't like it, you won't do it. So you got to find ways that you at least somewhat enjoy it. Also trust that the more you do do all of this, it becomes part of who you are, becomes part of your lifestyle. So there's sometimes an uncomfortable period in the transition stage where it's like you're just trying on something new that doesn't quite fit yet. But when you remain consistent, you transform into it. And that you know, when we tell people your taste buds change, they truly do change. Just before we recorded this, we went out for lunch and we ordered a hot drink. It was, you know, it's at a, it was a nice little cafe that had the kind of foods Josh and I love, but the drink came and it was so sweet and it probably wasn't that sweet, but we just don't eat anything with sugar anymore. And it's one of those things that our taste buds change. And I promise you they do change. And then you don't want to go back. So like we don't live by our rules in a state of feeling restricted or a feeling of lack in any way. It's all in the spirit of abundance that we want more in our food, more in our life, more in our lifestyle. And so it's by these guidelines that allow us to expand in beautiful, healthy, happy ways. We also have to check in to make sure what we're doing still works. You yes. know, I like, again, going back to exercise, I've always been an exerciser, if you want to call it that. But in university, I was working out like an idiot. 
(laughs) (laughs) You know, like, and and then you learn, you get injured and then you do it again, you get injured, you do it again. And then you realize like, I've been injured enough times that I need to switch things up. And I still make some mistakes, but the way I exercise has changed dramatically over the years by checking in and saying, you know, is this working for me? Which sounds simple, but some a lot of people don't actually ask that question of themselves. A lot of people don't take that time or they they commit. And we talk about this in our episodes where we keep throwing you back to other episodes because we covered so much in our first season. But in the episode, What the Heck Should I Eat? Where we talk about committing to a diet because you've heard so many amazing things about it. Everyone is healing on it. It's miracle. And you do it and you feel great. But then two years later, you realize, wait a second, it's no longer serving me. It's not working anymore. So checking in and then being open to adapt those big decisions or those rules or those guidelines to continue serving your optimal health. And just because something works for a period of time doesn't mean it's what you need to do ongoing, which brings us to another point, which is to continue learning. So always be open to new research, new evidence, new things that you want to try for yourself. So you continue growing and evolving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's commitment with openness is basically what it is. I like that. You know, with with commitment, it's not necessarily closing your mind to other options. It's sticking with what you're thinking is the option right now, but then making changes if need be. Just like, you know, hiking a big trail, you know, say you're going on an eight hour hike and you got to get from A to B. You got to make some changes. You got to recheck the map. You got to maybe, maybe you go off course a few times, but you always get back on course to get to your goal, which is the end of the trail. Yes. And of course, the field of nutrition is really, 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 really new. It's chock full of controversy and politics and contradictions. And you, you as a human being living and making choices for yourself and your family and your health and everybody's health, it's also important to stay open to new information. And as you know, experts in the field, for us, it's it's staying abreast of new research and seeing what the evidence is and how it works first in evidence and in research and in theory, and then how it works on us as humans in our life and in our population. And the research is going to continue to evolve and it's our jobs to just stay on top of it. But when in doubt, broccoli has always got your back. Broccoli has your back. We should get t-shirts made. (laughs) Broccoli has your back. Okay, guys, I think that wraps up our little intro episode to season two. We've got loads of amazing topics coming to you this season. I want to thank you so, so much for joining us. And of course, there's more. We have loads of resources and links to help you make an optimally healthy lifestyle effortless in your life. Head on over to culinarynutrition.com forward slash podcast to get access to all of the additional information. If you're feeling inspired and want more, consider joining us for the Culinary Nutrition Expert Program. Registration for our September program opens in April and space is limited. Learn more at culinarynutrition.com or check out the free training we have for you at culinarynutrition.com forward slash free training. And if you're brand new to the Today's Day podcast, be sure to check out the show on your favorite podcast app and get caught up by listening to season one. I think I've mentioned every single episode we did in season one in this episode. So there's a lot of information there for you. Knowledge is important, but applying it is where the power is. As I always say, the best way to get started is to get started. Take what you've learned and start applying it in your life. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and share it with your friends. We look forward to connecting with you again next time. Have a great day.